Congressman, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Andy? Oh, it's always good to chat with you, and it's good to have you back on here. I know it's been some time off out of D.C., but uh, it is going to be uh, hit the ground running when you guys return back to Washington here over the next week. Is uh, Really, it seems like to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like the two biggest items that are on the docket right out of the gate is, of course, the federal budget, with the budget ending at the end of September, and the farm bill that ends around September, October as well. Neither one of those, it looks like, however, will be done at those appropriate times. What's uh, You being on the Ways and Means Committee in the House of Representatives, what's on the docket? What's the latest conversation? And could we actually see a proper federal budget this year? Yeah, you, you're right. In terms of uh, priorities, when we get back after Labor Day, it's going to be pretty hectic with uh, with things going on uh, for the month of September. And you know, as you said, September is the end of this fiscal year, so we have to prepare our appropriations, our spending for fiscal year 2024, and we got to get that done in in September. And it, it's it's one of those things. There's 12 different uh, spending bills that uh, we we pass each year to uh, to fund the federal government, and they're broken down with different you know. One of them funds the agriculture department. One funds the the defense, and one funds uh, uh, health and human services, and and uh, you know each of the different uh, agencies. And right now, only one of the twelve has passed the House. None of them have passed the Senate, mm-hmm. and and so uh, we've got a lot of work to do. One of the things we we typically we frequently get into, and and I, I think we do it too often, is we get into what's called a continuing resolution. We can't come to final agreement on all 12 bills for the next fiscal year. So we do a continuing resolution, which basically means we, we keep spending at the same rate as uh, the, the current year and uh, basically kick the can down the road for a few days or a few weeks or you know even two or three months uh, while they continue to banter back and forth about uh, what spending ought to be. And my big concern right now, it's two things. One, I don't want to necessarily do continuing resolutions as a normal course of business because you can't you can't plan i mean the defense uh the agencies can't they can't buy spare parts if it takes a long lead time past the continuing resolution they can't schedule uh, folks for training um and then the other part that's going to come up in this discussion is just how much should we be spending yeah. you know right now the federal government this fiscal year is borrowing one dollar out of every five that it spends. Wow. So basically, twenty percent of the spending is being borrowed, and that's that's not right. I mean, that's what we're dumping this burden on our kids and grandkids and great grandkids just to fund the the quality of life we want to live today, and we're mortgaging their future forever. And so we we really got to address the spending, and I know that's going to be a hot topic because uh, there's some people that view their role in government as just spending and uh, we, we can't we can't continue that vote no we can't continue that trend and it seems like whenever we have a budget and obviously after the big uh bill that we passed back in june that at least allowed us to continue on with the budget until the end of this fiscal year and then beyond it seems like with whatever we raise the debt ceiling to be they want to cap it at that we they want to max out the credit card each and every time instead of saying yeah we have this uh, up to whatever that that spending cap may be, but we want to maybe not spend all of that. Have a budget that's a little bit lower. So if a m- emergency or a disaster or something comes up, then we have a little bit of give room. They don't want to do that. They want to cap it out every single time and say this is how much that's available. Let's go ahead and push that. And then we always run into well, we always need more money. So let's go ahead and raise it all over again. And it's the same argument, Congressman. We've seen this since the Obama administration, where we have this continuing resolution till. 
December, and then, or else we shut down the government, people die in the streets. Then we get to December, people are trying to get into the holiday mode, trying to enjoy the Christmas and New Year's and everything else at that time. And then again, it's either we do another continuing resolution until January or February, or we just do another omnibus package until the next fiscal year and then start the process all over again. And I think most people are getting pretty frustrated with this process. It, it really is. It's frustrating. And, you know, the goal is not to shut down the government, but the goal is let's live within our means. And and that's the big piece that that doesn't get done. And, and you've got to do it every year. You've got it's just like your own household budget. You've got to look at yourself every month and and what you have as income and, and what you're spending. And the federal government needs to do that. And, and instead, people turn a blind eye because it's it's so much easier to to throw more money at a program because somebody asked you to, instead of making the hard choices of saying, this is very beneficial and this is something we ought to spend money for. This is something that we should not borrow from our kids and grandkids just to fund extra money this year and, and, and make those tough decisions. And, and we need to do them every year. We need to get, we need to get back into a, a regular thought process of saying, how do we, how do we manage and, and be good fiscal stewards of the taxpayer dollars? Yeah, uh, it is a long, frustrating process, but hopefully we can see a little bit of gain this year. I know that there have been some uh, Republicans that have sent a letter to Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, saying that they would not go along with just capping out the budget all over again and that they would start voting against what's currently being discussed. Is that a threat right now, uh, or is it going to actually do something to try and lower some of that spending and at least come up with a semi-decent plan for a bill coming out of the House? Now, the Senate's obviously a different battle, but... Uh, do you think the final bill, from what you've heard, may be a semi-decent one out of the House of Representatives? Well, it it, it, it depends on your definition of semi-decent. I mean, the, <laughs> the problem is, you know, like I said, we're we're borrow the federal government is borrowing one out of five dollars it spends, and that that's roughly equivalent to one and a half trillion dollars. Yeah. So we're not going to be able to solve it on any one year. Right. Um, but the 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 House Freedom Caucus folks are out there talking about in this letter that that uh, some of them crafted and, and sent uh, sent to Speaker McCarthy it is a, a good stake in the ground that we we've, we've got to start addressing how much we're spending more than what we have coming in as revenue, and it's going to take it's going to take several years uh, to get into that, uh, to get back to where we need to be. Uh, but we've actually got to start to work, and and I'm. I'm happy that we're we're starting that discussion. Uh, there's uh, there's even a, a bipartisan group of some Democrats and Republicans that uh, we, we we call ourselves a bipartisan fiscal forum, but it it's um, we're at least starting to talk about it. It's it's a long road to go uh, yeah. to figure out how do we fix it, uh, but the the discussion has to start, and we we've got to start. And now it's just, uh, but it's good. Ten years would have been a better time, but now is as good a time as any to actually at least start the process. we got to start somewhere. We can't go down halfway down the road unless we actually start that journey from the beginning. We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District here in the state of Kansas, my congressman in the great state of Kansas. Let's talk about the economy for a second as a whole. We see the Biden administration out there on the campaign trail running campaign ads all over the country. Now that he's announced that he's also sinking in $25 million into TV ads in some pretty big swing states, including Wisconsin, where we're seeing the presidential debate uh, this week as well for the Republican side, talking about how great the economy is with this 13 million jobs that's added and how inflation's come down and how wonderful things are and why in the world do I see such low poll ratings and approval ratings for my economy when I've solved the issue and I've been the Gandalf riding on his great white horse coming in to save the day. Uh, Congressman, I think that people are a bit smarter 
than that, aren't they? Because gas prices are over $4 right now. Mortgage rates just hit over 7% across the nation, which is going to kill the real estate market or at least damage it pretty decently right now. We didn't create 13 million jobs. And oh, by the way, we're floating between 15 to 20% inflation overall for the past three years under the Biden administration. Yeah, but I mean, President Biden's cherry picking numbers to make himself look good. I mean, he he takes credit for all the jobs that were recovered back out of COVID, uh, even though he had nothing to do with the vaccine being developed and 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 the economy getting back open after all the shutdown around around the uh, the pandemic. Uh, so he takes credit for all of those jobs that uh, he didn't do anything to 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 put people back to work. I mean, he, he cherry picks the inflation numbers and he says, well, just look at this. This one month's number, and you know, it's it's down a whole lot more from what the one number number was a year ago. But what he doesn't tell you is that since he's been in office, inflation costs have gone up over sixteen percent on average on mm-hmm. everything from groceries to gas to to uh, uh, your rent and, and car payments, and and that's the equivalent of two months' pay. So literally, everybody's lost two months' pay to buy the same groceries, the same gas, and 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 that's just since he's been in office in the last two and a half years. Gasoline prices are up even more than that. I mean, they're up 34% since he came into office. He tries to blame Putin for that, but if you look at what the gas prices were, they were up uh, as high before Putin invaded, and now they've come back down from, from Putin's invasion, uh, and they're still high because of, of President Biden and his attack on fossil fuel and, and America having a strong energy policy. And so it, people are feeling the pinch. They're feeling how much it costs to buy back to school clothes and supplies, to buy groceries and feed their family. Uh, we're seeing it with interest rates. You know, you can't you can't buy a house now because of the interest rates have gotten so high. You know, monthly your monthly mortgage payments are double from what they were a year and a half ago. And it's all because of Biden economics and the things that he's causing uh, the high prices and and uh, taking money out of people's pocketbooks. Yeah, it is unfortunate. I mean, food is ridiculous. Like you said, gas prices are ridiculous. And I heard last week, which we had to laugh at a little bit, because they tried to blame the high gas prices for it being too hot and workers not wanting to go and actually drill for it and be outside because it was too hot. So it wasn't Biden again by emptying and depleting the oil reserves across the nation or trying to be energy independent again. No, no, it's because of the workers and they didn't want to go out in the heat to actually go and drill for the oil. So it's our fault, apparently, Congressman. Well, he, he, he's wrong on that. I just spent uh, some time talking to some of the oil and gas folks, and they're chomping at the bit to, to get back to having strong energy policies for America so that we can keep our country strong again. And, and President Biden and his administration is hampering that. Yeah, it is unfortunate. At the same time, uh, as we talk about uh, the inflation right now, the Biden administration says that uh, it's down to around, I don't know, 3%, 4%, whatever they say it was. But I, I don't see it, Congressman. I haven't seen a 20% increase on my pay raise. Most people have not seen a pay raise of near 20% as well. Uh, this is not going to bode well for them. And I think that the polls are showing that because he's under 40% right now. So I think people are waking up to this. They really are. And he cherry picks that that it's 3% over the last year, which means it's 3% on top of the 9% the year before and the 3.5% the year before that. So he tries to make it sound like inflation's going down, but in reality, it's still continuing to increase. So people are feeling that pain of continuing increasing prices and and having to deal with that. 
whereas he's trying to to make it sound like it's good because they're not increasing as fast. They're still increasing. <laughs> yeah, they are. How much has the actual Inflation Reduction Act been part of this conversation? I know he admitted openly on the campaign trail now that the Inflation Reduction Act really wasn't about reducing inflation, was about essentially being a Green New Deal to try and promote environmental policy and trying to, uh, to, uh, to essentially change the entire nation and how we operate under the electric grid. Is this having any in, uh, impact on what's going on with the economy right now as well? It, it really is. And, you know, the Inflation Reduction Act name of a bill was probably one of the, the most misleading uh, statements out of the Biden administration was that uh, they were going to reduce inflation. In fact, the Congressional Budget Office, when the bill was passed, said it's going to have uh, it's going to have an increase in inflation mm-hmm. impact uh, on that. And 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 as President Biden, uh, you know, admitted this month that he shouldn't have called it that. Uh, and and he's right; it shouldn't have been. It was it was a increase in spending. And between the Inflation Act, between the Infrastructure Act. The ARPA, all they've done is increase spending over the last two and a half years, and now we're paying the price for it. We're seeing it in higher interest rates. We're seeing it in higher prices uh, through inflation, and and it's the burden because of all the federal spending, and that's why our debt keeps going up uh, because of uh, all of this excess spending. Yeah, amen to that. We're talking with Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District for the state of Kansas. I know you have to run here, so last question for you, and I appreciate it. And I know you're not on the Ag Committee in Washington, D.C., but the other major issue that is a focal point when you guys return back uh, over the next couple of weeks is, of course, the Farm Bill of 2023 uh, for the farmers, or at least it should be for the farmers. Really, 80% of that funding goes towards SNAP and some of the uh, food stamp programs in the nation, which is another conversation we'll need some more time for. But I've heard as well that that one may not be done in the appropriate amount of time. What have you heard on the Farm Bill? And is that something, again, where we could have a uh, semi-decent bill coming out of the House of Representatives? Yeah, the firm, the Farm Bill, as you said, it's, it's probably misnamed as well. It should be the, the food stamp and farm bill because 80% of it is food stamp pricing or, and spending. And and so, you know, it's, that's one of the things that uh, we reauthorize that every five years as a program, and it, it expires at September 30th. Uh, there's a lot of great work being done by the, the House Agriculture Committee and, and some work done on the Senate side as well uh, to, to pass that through. Uh, we, we Hopefully, it'll get done by the end of September you know, with with all of the appropriations discussion, it may start to crowd out a little bit of the the food stamp and farm bill discussion. We could do if it does, we could do a one year extension of of the the farm bill to to because it, the program works and and that's that's something that we want to keep going. But there's several things that are at risk of being crowded out a little bit in December or in September when when we're talking about appropriations. Uh, the FAA reauthorization as well has to has to be done in September. But I, I think the you know in terms of the discussion and the work that's been going on on the on the uh, uh, the food stamp and farm bill, there's there's a lot of good uh, pieces in that. I mean, crop insurance is one of those important programs that that actually supports and provides that safety net for farmers and and making sure that we maintain and and uh, ideally increase the the work requirement provisions for food stamp programs. Uh, so that uh, we actually can can help uh, get more people back to work and uh, help with the economy growing. Yeah, amen to that. A lot of things to address when you guys get back up there. I know it's always a battle to start off that fall session again, and hopefully we can see 
some changes with conservatives really making some ground and getting us back on track, especially like we've talked about so much on the economic side of it. It's Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th District of uh, the state of Kansas here on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Hotlines on the Todd Starnes radio program. Congressman, thank you so much again for all your time. Keep up the fight. Keep up what you're doing. It's awesome to have you, especially up there on the Ways and Means Committee. Let's get an update from you again real soon. All right. Great. Thank you, Andy.